Sports Live. I'm Austin Stanley down at St. Thomas Sports Park. He is Zach Bingham. We are always powered by the BetMGM app. So check out that BetMGM app and follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find links to the show on our Twitter feed, our Instagram, and also don't forget TikTok where we'll be posting a lot of joint practice video and highlights all over, including TikTok. So check us out there. we got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show, and they help out you guys with Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Plus, Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a health plan for you, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. So the Titans had to get under 85 guys, so they had to cut five guys yesterday. They also made a trade with the Raiders. We'll talk about that in a second. But, Zach, kind of tell us why joint practices are so fun and so important to a preseason for an NFL team, and then we'll talk about the cuts from yesterday. Well, yeah, and the the landscape of the NFL has changed over the last couple of years, right? Whether it's safe. Zach Freezer, was that me? Hello, hello, was that me or Zach? Okay. Zach's frozen. Zach's frozen. Zach froze. Okay, I'm going to text Zach to say he froze. Maybe he's coming back now. You're back now. Now we're good? I'm back. Yeah. Uh, we had audio difficulties. Now we're getting internet difficulties. That didn't make any sense. Uh, so now <laughs> you can hear me? We are, we are yeah, you're, go. We're, I'm no longer iced. No, you're great. You're great. I was wondering if it was me. I'm the one using a hotspot, <laughs> and I thought it was going to be me. I'm using home internet. That's I know. Right. Well, I got another shade that I'm going to do at the end of the damn show. There Xfinity, you go. I'm coming your way. Watch it. Um, so uh, back to my point of, you know, the landscape has changed in the NFL. There's only three preseason games. So what they've gone is the strategy of joint practices. More teams, more than ever, are doing multiple joint practices and this is where your veterans can get in work, right? Because you have the control and regulation. You know, in a preseason game, you have to tackle the ball carrier, right? I mean, to end the play, the ball carrier has to go to the ground, right? Well, that's not the case in joint practices, but you can get good one-on-one -on -one work. The other thing is usually tempers flare. I would uh, In the next two weeks where the Titans have a joint practice against the Bucks and the Cardinals, I would bet a good sum of money you're going to have some sort of scuffle break out. Now, I don't know if anybody's going to get kicked out of practice, but that's usually how it works because you get testosterone-driven men in pads that aren't able to go 100%. Mm -hmm. They get frustrated. But you need to target a couple of different position groups throughout the course of these next two days as fans and Austin and Sam that will be covering the practices – Wide receiver cornerbacks do a very good job. Safeties in the secondary against quarterbacks in coverage, right? Linebackers in space against running backs on checkdowns. Are you in position to actually make the tackle in, open, in the open field? And then this is a little bit more difficult, but the hog mollies up front, 
offensive linemen and defensive linemen, point of attack. You know, defensive ends cannot tackle the quarterback. You can touch the quarterback, but it's a protection agency, right? So, but that's usually where the scuffles get involved is because you're hitting, you're hitting, you're hitting. And it's only perception of who actually wins each rep. So that's kind of the nuance to practice. And then you have the coaches, you know, in place to make sure that everything is structured correctly. But I'm excited. This is... You, you get new competition in Austin. You and Sam should be even more excited because you've been watching the same damn guys hit the same damn guys over the same damn period. And the same damn drills for weeks and weeks, and they haven't really done – the Titans, especially in practice, haven't really done one-on-ones, wide receivers, DBs in a couple weeks now. So I want to see that b- bounce back. So we'll talk about uh, one area where the Titans can shine in these joint practices later on in the show. But the Titans did make cuts yesterday. They had to drop down to 85. DB Deontay Burton, D lineman Haskell Garrett, offensive lineman Carson Green, who I will admit I did not know Carson Green was on the roster, and then wide receiver Josh Malone and running back Jordan Wilkins. So the last two guys they cut are the two biggest names because SEC players, Malone at Tennessee in a local product from station camp, right? And then Jordan Wilkins, a running back uh, from Ole Miss several years ago who also played with the Colts the last couple of years. Those two guys are out. And so I know we're going to dive into Josh Malone quite a bit here because of how I talked about Josh Malone and what he was doing in May and June. But let me just take this for a second. And and as well, you know, Jeff says, I like the Lonnie Johnson Jr. signing. Yeah, Lonnie Johnson Jr. got cut by the Chiefs and was sent to waivers, and the Titans picked him up off of waivers and waived another defensive back, Elijah Benton, uh, to make room for that. So, Zach... I, I do think the cuts they made yesterday, specifically when it comes to Josh Malone and Jordan Wilkins, are signs of positivity for two young players the Titans have. Josh Malone became expendable because of the emergence of deep threat Racy McMath. Jordan Wilkins became expendable this early in camp because of the emergence of and we haven't talked about it much of Hassan Haskins and then Julius Chestnut too, right? So I I think those are two positive signs because in May and June, Raisin McMath was still kind of a nobody in this and Hassan Haskins was just getting integrated into his first NFL offseason program. But you've seen those two players over the course of three weeks of camp take positive signs forward that make those two veterans who were not John Robinson draft picks, and the other two are Racy and Haskins are John Robinson draft picks. Malone and and, uh, Wilkins were easy to cut because their roles were no longer available for a guy like them. That's my take on this. So the Josh Malone was expendable expendable in May. (laughs) And I told each and every one of you guys that, that... it, it's not because of the emergence of anybody. Josh Malone has always been expendable. So, you know, you got upset that I didn't care about your take early May, June. This is my ribbing of you. And what happened? The first cuts, I told you what was going to happen in May. Call me Miss Cleo the rest of the show. You can do whatever you want. But it was easy. I've seen this way too many times. And you can't get caught up. And look, Josh Malone may have made plays in OTAs and, you know, mini camps or whatever. 
but it doesn't mean a gosh dang thing. It just doesn't. Because at the end of the day, those draft picks, as you said, those guys became expendable. Well, the draft picks were always going to get the leg up. They always sure. are. It doesn't mean that you're you're going to keep. I mean, Cole McDonald and Luke Falk both got cut. Those, those are draft picks, right? But no, John Robinson cut Des Fitzpatrick as a fourth round draft pick last year, right? So it's it right. happens. It does happen, but you also do get the benefit of the doubt going into camp, no matter what. Look, I said my piece about Des Fitzpatrick because they drafted him. They still want to see him through. But Josh Malone, uh, that was not even a topic. So we can well, move but, and digress well, from no, that. But, but I do but think... But do you understand why I said it was nothing back, yeah, back well, in May? Right. But back in May, in June, Josh Malone was the fifth wide receiver on this team if you know who's going to make it with NWI, Woods, Burks, and Phillips. Josh Malone, through that period of the offseason, was better, easily better than Racing McMath and Des Fitzpatrick in those minicamp practices in mid-June. That was obvious and clear. But what happened, Dez has been better. You know, we, Dez is not in the clear by any means. But Racing McMath has turned himself in to a roster lock. He's going to make the team. He made the team last year, and he is so much better than he was last year. He is so much better, Racy is, August 17th than he was two months ago in June minicamp on June 17th. So again, Racy McMath cut Josh Malone. No, Jewish no wrong, yes, wrong. Yes, Josh yes. Malone was never making the team. It was, he was always never making the team. You and maybe that? in your Tennessee pipe dream, but he was never making the team. I could have told you that in it's May. I did tell you that in May, that and you is, got upset that I told you that in May. It is not a Tennessee pipe dream. It is what I saw. Josh, it's Malone a volunteer was, pipe dream, and you can't volunteer no, for a team. They've got to actually accept you. Get out! Get out of here! That that's that. You're just being, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, it's the truth. It's no, the, you're it's being the damn truth. Because Zach, when I was watching minicamps, because I was out here for both of those days, Josh Malone was making more plays. Traylon Burks went out here. Jo Kyle Phillips wasn't doing anything. Josh Malone was making plays in June. But guess what? Matter. He stops making plays in August. And if you're going to be an uphill climb type of veteran, you can't you have you can't stop making plays. You have to continue to make plays. Racy started making plays and Josh Malone's didn't. That's all it is. Things changed. And my whole point is that I do want us to say that we should adapt our opinions when things change. Uh, my opinion on Josh Malone changed. He became cuttable. Early but my opinion he, was always right. It didn't matter. I didn't Zach, have to your adapt. Opinion, Zach, your opinion you was You had blind. to adapt. You had to adapt. I didn't because, have to adapt. Because, Zach, you weren't out here. You weren't out here it watching. It didn't matter. That's the, that, oh, that's the whole damn point. I've seen it time and time again. I can read between the lines. I can look there. I've covered the team for long enough. I know exactly what happened. And again, there are Josh, very little surprises. And sure. Josh Malone was not going to be a surprise. But Josh Malone was. Will you was admit a, that? Like, can you admit that I called no, that for yeah. months and but, told you that it wasn't a deal when you said it was a deal and that, it wasn't a deal because his ass got cut yesterday? Yes, Josh Malone and veterans like Josh Malone, including Terry Godwin, those guys are signed to a team in late in the offseason. They're always uphill battle roster guys. They're trying to put on more tape to see where they can land. And again, uh, that's what happened with, with Josh Malone. Nick says Austin, oh, Austin is wearing his UT orange glasses. They know this has nothing to do with Tennessee. Again, I, I, I tell you exactly what happened um, in, in June, and I tell you what happened in August. He stopped making plays. Uh, let's see. Malachi says Zach wasn't right because he said 
he was expendable in June. In June, he wasn't expendable. They needed Josh Malone because he was making more plays than the receivers below what him. What was the, on the conversation roster. in June? Do you remember? It was that I think Josh Malone has a chance of making the team because now, why of what did he you was, get upset at me? Because you said there's no way he's making the team. <laughs> and I said, as of right now, he and is. You got upset. You, right, you, you because went I'm wild. watching you, practice. Yeah, because it didn't matter, right? Like he wasn't going to make the team. And what do you know? We were we're in August. First cuts happen, and the guy was the first guy to go. So, right, because because it was an easy decision because of so how well it's a lesson learned. It, it's okay. You okay, move yeah, forward. You're teaching matter. me lessons now. I appreciate that. That's well, not. I, I, I did. No, I told you this on, in dude. June. No, because what happened in June doesn't just disappear. He disappeared in August. So therefore. What else? What else wasn't it? I told you he was going to disappear. That was my whole premise, Austin. My whole premise of my opinion was he was going to disappear in August, and it wouldn't matter. He did exactly what I said he was going to do. Okay, but again, like that's the easiest bet to make that a veteran guy who's bounced around won't make the team. Again, and Bobby, Bobby, and I do not agree, but this is absolutely correct, and I'm giving Bobby. The love of the show early on. Bobo, there you go. Him and I usually completely are on the other pages. Zach was right on this one. Okay, I don't need that credit. I already know I was right. Austin was trying to hype up Malone, and I wasn't going to take the bait because I yeah. knew his ass is going to get cut in August. So here All we right, are. This next summer, mini camps are irrelevant for any of our coverage is basically what you're saying. Well, I told you if it, you said it was something or nothing, that was the question. I remember the fuck for the for the freaking show. It was right there, and it was something or nothing. And I said it was absolutely, utterly nothing because he was going to get cut. That's why things kind of got out of hand. It and was look, something. At the end of the day, it doesn't. It's nothing now. <laughs> so yeah, I can move on. I'm, it's, and again, it's Josh Malone's. We'll move on. It doesn't Mikey, really matter. Mikey says uh, Austin's boy got cut. Josh Malone is not my boy. I I, I didn't even like it. He made plays in minicamp more than Dez, more than Racy, more than Kenzie, more than Hollister, more than all these guys who are fringe uh, roster guys. And Josh Malone was better in June than all the guys I just listed. But in August, Racy got better. Dez got better. Hollister's still the same guy. <laughs> but Josh Malone became expendable because Racy McMath improved. That is the fact that I'm bringing up. Racy McMath cut Josh Malone. That is what happened. That is the fact. And my opinion was Josh Malone cut Josh Malone because Josh Malone was going to get cut no matter what the cut of Josh Malone was. Cutting. Okay. All right. All right. So the Titans made a trade yesterday. So we'll talk about what was more impactful, the Titans cuts or the trade they made for a safety. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Palisade, the Sonata, the Elantra, they have it all. Your perfect make and model is right down the road. I-40 exit 236. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up with a great ride. And it is a great ride. Test driven by both Austin and myself. The Palisade is sleek, third row seating, all the bells and whistles. The Sonata, four-door sedan. They even, they even have the Ionic. The Ionic is good, great, too, because it's battery-powered. Your perfect make and model is a Hyundai. You've just got to find out which Hyundai it is. That's at Wilson County Hyundai. 
Don't forget, download the BetMGM app. And if you're already a member of the BetMGM family, like Zach and I, you can take advantage of BetMGM's MLB one-game parlay insurance. So you can get up to 25 bucks back if your baseball one-game parlay of four legs or more falls just one leg short. So take advantage of that throughout the summer. We're just a little bit actually we're 10 days away from like actual real college football games. So while you're waiting those 10 days, use the uh, BetMGM Major League Baseball one game parlay insurance for up to 25 bucks back if your one game parlay falls one leg short on the BetMGM app. What you got, Zach? Real quick, Dustin must be new to the show because he says, why don't you own wet one yet? If you're talking about a Hyundai, big dog, I've been dominating the streets for years in a Hyundai. I, that's why I endorse. I know pain bone personally. I've been to the Hyundai dealership. I endorse Hyundai because I love the Hyundai and I've had a Hyundai. So yeah, do, there you go. Hey, I, I'm not, I, this ain't no phony. I also have Farm Bureau health insurance. If you keep watching, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. And, uh, and I went to the Bone and Joint Institute uh, two months ago to help my foot. So <laughs> we use everybody that we talk about here on the show. Okay, Zach. So what was more impactful to the Titans? the five cuts they made or the trade they made for Raiders safety, Tyree Gillespie. So Tyree Gillespie is a second year player. He was drafted in the fourth round out of Missouri by the Raiders last year. So again, that's pretty quick for the Raiders to trade away a fourth round pick from last year. Uh, Last year, Gillespie had eight tackles throughout the season, mainly as a special teams guy and a uh, depth piece. Uh, but now uh, he is on the Titans. And I don't, the Titans did not officially announce this yet. Uh, this was uh, reported by Aaron Wilson yesterday. So which was more impactful, the trade for Tyree Gillespie at safety or the cuts the Titans made yesterday, including Malone and also Jordan Wilkins? So a lot of people trade from Keelan because he wonders why that position trade from Titan up. Uh, trading for a safety, uh, giving up a draft pick, a pick, it better be worth it. Trade conditional, easily. conditional draft pick. And so what we, what we don't know is what are the conditions of that pick? Like the Titans, if Gillespie doesn't make the team, there's a chance the Titans give up nothing. Like there's probably conditions on if he makes the team, if he plays a certain amount of games throughout the season for that draft pick to, to mean something more. And look, guy, I'm really about to stir up the chat. I'm really about to stir it up. Great. Because I've already given the love of the show. Bobby got the love of the show. But this is second in line because our guy doesn't go all caps, but actually says something very truthful. And that is Chris Frazier. Chris says trade because Hooker is hurt. Ding, 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 ding. Chris, you are absolutely correct. And you have set things up for me to answer exactly as you answered. I believe what the trade represents. So I will say the trade, but the trade represents movement, right? As do the roster cuts, but on a particular position in giving up something. And we don't know, as you alluded to Austin, because of the conditional pick, but Chris is right. Amani Hooker has been nowhere to be seen well, for and, a while. And, yeah. And so I texted with Teron Davenport uh, after our pre-show planning, Zach, to, to kind of get the full scope on Amani Hooker. So he has not practiced in a full practice 
since before Baltimore week. So August 7th, it's been like 11 days of on the calendar since he's gone through a full practice. Now he did on Sunday when the Titans were in a walkthrough style practice on Sunday, Amani Hooker did come out and participate in teamwork. But again, it was more of a light jog through, walk through type practice, but he's been out since August 7th. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty significant time with practices missed. Uh, but, but Sunday during that jog through walk through, he did come out. I've seen him on the bike. He's been getting workouts in. I, nobody knows what happened. Nick asked what happened to hooker. Nobody knows. Just like I saw the thing happen to Elijah Molden, which is why we knew something. It was a lower leg. Uh, but we didn't know what happened with hooker. Yeah. As Vrabel says, I'll tell you how, what happened to hooker. He's unavailable. Yeah. That, that, that's what happened to Hooker. And so, but, and that makes it hard for us. I do think that the chat got it correct because overwhelmingly, we talk about what Hooker's injury kind of means to this team. It wouldn't really mean that much if they were just kind of waiting and buying time for Hooker to return. But the fact that they made a trade for a safety, I do think is telling. And that's why I kind of, I, I go that as more impactful especially early into the season, getting ready for, you know, these joint practices the next couple of weeks and, and week one that is looming here uh, around the corner. Well, and if you remember last week, they signed free agent safety, Adrian Colbert, uh, and they cut Michael Griffin, who is in no relation with the actual Michael Griffin. But so they've, they've churned that back into the roster on that position a couple times, which John Robinson does very well. And uh, one says, insert Theo Jackson. Well, Theo Jackson also missed practice this week on Monday as well. So you're, when you're out there, you got Kevin Byard and A.J. Moore. And A.J. Moore out of Ole Miss with the Texans previously. You know, I, I don't really know what how good he can be. He hasn't been bad by any means in practice, but I don't think he's been great by any means either. And so you feel great about Byard and Hooker. But now when Theo Jackson misses practice, who has been a rookie, Theo Jackson is practicing like a late round rookie. He's got flashes and also has rookie moments, but now you're worried about the actual depth you have because you lost Dane Crookshank from a season ago. And then before Crookshank emerges, your third safety hooker was the third safety behind Kenny Vaccaro. So when you think about it, the Titans have been really healthy as far as depth goes at the safety position for several years. And this year they're just flat out not. Because they let Crookshank walk. I think they should have brought him back, but I get cost matters. But they let him walk. They try to fix it with more. A late-round flyer on Theo Jackson. And now you have one injury with Hooker. And then maybe Theo's a little banged up. And so now you got to go get Colbert. you got to go trade for safety in Gillespie and see what you got there. So I actually agree with you, Zach. I do think the safety trade is the most impact is more impactful than the cuts again the cuts i think make sense because you've got haskins and chestnut running back that make wilkins out of there and the emergence of racy who cares about josh malone now because racing mcmath is your deep threat so i think it, it the safety depth is something that you're gonna have to keep an eye on the closer and closer you get to uh week one so you know the cuts are required, right? Yeah. So like yeah. those are and the trade is voluntary, right? So they they didn't have to do that. 
here's a, I think a subject that I would ask, and I've actually asked other people that have covered practice here recently on Racy McMath. Yeah. What is he missing? Like, so I feel like he has all the intangibles, height, speed, size, physicality. I mean, and then he got overshadowed by better talent at LSU. Yep. Like, what is, why, why is he not emerging as like an un- unbelievable player that's a, a starter over NWI? Well, well, NWI has been playing the wide receiver position for like years longer than Racy. Like NWI right, but, was, but Racy McMath is ten times more talented. Yeah, but in, but again, like the wide receiver position is super nuanced. Like it, there's a lot of detail that goes into how you get open. Like that's why Rashard Matthews. Yeah, what I'm, so that's good, what I'm right? asking. Is it? Is it? Uh, intelligence is it? No, no. Smarts is it? Route running. I'm trying to tell you. Lack of experience. It's the same thing with Caleb Farley. Now, first round draft pick with Farley and sixth round draft pick with McMath. Very different, you know, uh, assets you're giving up there for those players. But Caleb Farley's played like 25 games in his career at corner in his life. He was a wide receiver coming out of high school and in wide receiver Vatek. Then he made that switch. That switch, right? Racy barely had any production as a wide receiver in college, but you drafted his traits because you liked the traits. You saw how much of a badass he was on special teams at LSU and think, Hey, let's go ahead and take a six round draft pick. That doesn't really matter that much. It's okay. Right. And see if we can develop this guy with the traits that he's got. That's hard to find, develop him with some wide receiver nuance. NWI has been playing wide receiver at a high level all throughout college like that guy was really good at indiana like he put up numbers at indiana then he was an undrafted free agent because he lacks high-end traits but he's got good wide receiver nuance skill set and i think that's the the intriguing part is where when is that going to catch up right mcmath is a project this year not this year maybe next year. that's my question so there you go because what you've seen with racy in one year of working on his wide receiver skill set with the traits that he has, now he's on the roster. Now he has a legitimate role. Like Rob Moore was talking glowingly about Racy, saying he's been the most consistent guy they've had, one of the most consistent wide receivers they've had in the room all camp. Because of what he's had the opportunity to work on, he's still not finished yet as a, as a project. He's still a work in progress. And Monday's practice is a great, example of why we have to still have somewhat tempered expectations on racy because on Monday he beat Fulton. He beat Byard down the sideline and Byard on a post like multiple steps by these guys, but he had trouble tracking the football in the air. He might've taken the wrong angle on one of them. It made him have to like leap for a catch that he probably shouldn't have to leap for. And he talked to Rob Moore afterwards about it. Like he's still trying to put it all together, but the traits are there and you're seeing the skill set grow. That's why I think Titans coaches and Titans media are excited because he, the guy runs a, a, a four, three 40 at six, three, two 25. Not a lot of dudes do that. Right. And so how can you use that to your advantage? And you saw what he did against Baltimore uh, with a 48 yard catch. And you saw the 35 yard kick return, right? Like that's a, it's good. Exactly what you want on a racy. They're different. They're slightly different in size. Uh, well, because McMath is 
is have more weight. But if McMath can turn into like this is kind of best case scenario, like Zay Jones, who started his career a little slower. He's six two. He's just over 200, so he's not 223, 225 like McMath. But he kind of came into his own, and he found his bucket. That I And that's why I get the big contract with the Jags, right? But he's still you – no, know, he's not a number one wide receiver. I don't think McMath will never be a number one wide receiver. But I feel like that could be his ceiling. If he can turn into what Zay Jones was for the Raiders, I don't know what he's going to be for the Jags, right? But if that could be in the next couple of years – that would be phenomenal if Racy McMath can grow into that role. That's kind of what I'm looking I, for if he can develop his skills. I've got another, I've got another former Titan comp for Racy. And again, this is a high end, right? Like, and it's not because Racy's still a six round pick. He's still a project. But what about Chris Sanders? Remember old old Euler titan from the early in the 90s right and chris sanders was a beast at ohio state so not apples to apples exactly but a freak athlete chris sanders big and fast as hell racy racy is big and fast as hell and so but not a fully polished receiver and chris sanders had some big years in the, in the mid 90s where he had over 800 yards receiving in his first year and second year in the league but then he kind of found that role of being the 400 yard, 300 yard, 500 yard guy, uh, and but had big playability to score four or five touchdowns a season because he could just go deep and catch a 50 yard bomb. I, I think, and and that's yeah, and that's what Michael says. Chris Sanders was good for one or two crazy catches each game during his heyday, and Chris Sanders had a higher season or higher ceiling than racing. Yeah, again, was, I, my expectation. I'm, I said best case scenario, right? I think yeah. Chris Sanders is a quality case scenario i said Zach, best case scenario chris sanders had his rookie year this is kind of crazy his rookie year he had 35 catches not that many for 823 yards and nine touchdowns meaning he averaged 23 and a half yards per catch as a rookie that is nuts that is nuts i think but a lot of the chat the was average. saying well a lot of the chat was saying ted ginn jr as well yeah, but Ted Ginn Jr. was like a pencil. But he like, could he's a deep threat, right? For yeah, maybe for again, production. Chris Sanders is like 6'2, 215 back in the 90s. Uh, and you know, had big muscles and could run real fast. That's Racy McMath. And everybody who's saying Justin Hunter, he was just like the pencil that you got with that was like three feet long in elementary school that looked funny when you're writing with it because it was like so long because Justin Hunter was so long and so skinny and didn't try very hard. So there you go. Yeah. But that pencil, the lead didn't work. Exactly. And racing McMath <laughs> is not a pencil. Racing McMath is a built dude. Yeah. That's exciting. Titans fans should be excited about McMath. If he, if he's starting to keyword develop yes. under this coaching staff, that, that could be like, uh, again, it's kind of a diamond in the rough. Maybe so. Maybe so. A to Z Sports here live on this Wednesday. Joint practices are coming up in about 35 minutes from right now. So, Zach, let's talk about the biggest opportunity the Titans have to shine in today's joint practice against the Bucks. But tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plants. 
Yeah, FBHP.com. I, I look, I use them as well. I'm a user and I am glad that I am. I mean, I use their plan and have used their plan a couple of times this year since I switched and I get better coverage, better rates, better service across the state of Tennessee, 200 plus locations, Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's FBHP.com. That's FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. And man, I am very, very glad that I'd switched 20%. I saved 20% on my rate by switching and I get better, much better coverage they they have been with me every step of the way, and I'm you know I'm secure in my plan, and it's the perfect plan for me. You've just got to find the perfect plan for you. Farm Bureau Health Plans has that plan. You could have a small family, you could have five kids, you could have just a wife, you could have just gotten married, you could be single. I mean, it doesn't matter. They have your perfect plan. That's fbhp.com slash atoz. BetMGM, jump on it before college football and the NFL get going. You can take advantage of Major League Baseball's one-game parlay insurance, meaning you can make a one-game parlay bet of four legs or more and get up to 25 bucks back if you just fall one leg short. It always seems to happen with those one-game parlays that you don't hit. You either hit it or you miss out on that last leg, but you can use Major League Baseball one-game parlay insurance with BetMGM to help avoid that situation. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 or, or older, Tennessee only. All promotions, subject to qualification, LB requirements, wars, issues, knowledge, all for bets, credit, for bets, five, seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. Zach, where do you think the Titans have the biggest opportunity to shine in today's joint practice? Well, I look at who we can define as winning, right? And yeah. if you're going against Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert, you got to think it's got to be the cornerbacks. The cornerbacks have the biggest opportunity. When you talk about maybe the lack of experience that Caleb Farley has at the corner position, he, he doesn't lack size, speed, and attributes, but maybe experience. He can get some good experience in taking advantage and making some big plays, get his confidence up by picking off Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask. McCreary's had a great camp. He can kind of parlay that into on-field work against other teams in these joint practices. And Christian Fulton is the same way. You're also not going to go up against Mike Evans, right? Or yep. Godwin or some of the big key figure, figures. Gage, so, right? Russell Gage yeah, also out. Yeah, and, and so the, the Titans should dominate – the Bucks offense. This is a shell of itself. You're not working against Tom Brady and Mike Evans. That is a whole different experience. But what would be concerning, Austin, is after this practice, you come report to us tomorrow morning and you say, damn, Trask picked them apart. Gabbert <laughs> had some, some, some nice plays over the, the Titans DBs. That would be, uh-oh. This ain't good. So that we're and that's easy to kind of look at, but we got to see that on the field. So that's what I'm looking for. Right. And we saw Monday at practice. I mentioned it was probably the sloppiest passing game day for the offense, but it also deserves credit to the defense for getting their hands on passes and knocking things around. Caleb Farley had back-to-back -back pass breakups on Tannehill uh, going towards, I think it was Racy McMath on both of those plays in a two minute session. Uh, and so you saw Caleb Farley play really well Monday. I, I mean, I agree with you because, like, Julio Jones is a massive story, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. And hopefully Julio practices for two days and then also talks to the media at least once. 
uh, so we can see what he thinks about his year in, in Tennessee and how uh, how he feels about all that. But outside of Julio Jones and Scotty Miller, who are the wide receivers the Bucks have today, right? Because, you know, with Mike Evans and Godwin and Gage, if all three of those guys were here with Julio, with Scotty Miller, you're now you're like, all right, buckle up those helmets and get ready to roll because Farley and Fulton and McCreary have big days ahead. Yeah, there's a big drop off in talent. Now, defensively for the Bucks, though, you still got to watch out. I mean, they have two of the most premier linebackers duo in the league in Devin White, Levante David. Uh, Anton Winfield Jr. is a badass. He is yep. he is an emerging Kevin Byard type. I don't want to say he's Kevin he was Byard my, yet. He was my, he's my draft crush from that Isaiah Wilson draft. Yeah, That's what and, I wanted so bad. And he has done a, a phenomenal job in a Buccaneers uniform. You obviously have Shaq Barrett and Via Vea, who, you know, Via Vea is probably, I mean, we talk about the top three to four defensive interior linemen. Jeffrey Simmons is in that group, but so is Via Vea. And then one guy that you need to cue on is last year's first round pick, and that's go, uh, Joe Tryon. He, number nine, yep. he is out of Washington, their defensive end. That was kind of, they needed to upgrade at pass rush last year. They took him in the first round. He has, I mean, you're going to go out on that field, Austin, and you're going to see number nine, and you're going to be like, damn. Like, he is a beast. He's, yeah, he's, he's tall. He's lengthy. He's got size, especially going into a second year. Him going against either side of the tackles, whether they're Lawan or that coveted right tackle spot for the Titans, yeah. is going to be something to watch over the next two days. So I, I agree. Uh, so let's ask this question to the chat. Which Titan do you want to stand out most in practices versus the Bucks from a positive standpoint? So when, when I come back here tomorrow morning and I'm reporting on guys who played well, who do you want that to be for the audience? Like what, where do, who do you want to stand out from the Titan side of things in these practices? So uh, Bama Brad says Malik. Uh, that's an, uh, Burks from Orlando. Zach, I'll let you keep going to the chat as they roll in. But who do you want to be the standout guy from the Titan side of things uh, in these joint practices? Uh, uh, Weekend Bunny says Farley, Burks, from uh from slow Rogers says Farley Tannehill a couple of Tannehills from Jason and Brennan um Dylan Radens from our guy Jarrell uh Ryan Tannehill from Matt Henry from Alex I don't know how much you're gonna see don't, from don't Henry. hold your breath on Derek Henry <laughs> uh Burks from Xavier Petit Freer from Dylan uh now that's a Dylan that's not a Dylan right there that's Dylan yes. Hammer right there uh, Burks, Chig, MK, Ultra coming in from Mark Jones, so a, a plethora there. Farley from Jarvis, Burks from Eric Willis, or Farley from uh, Traveris, uh, Sticky McCreary from Stephen King, Burks from Jeff, Bun B comes in with Farley. Uh, Colin says, uh, wide, receivers. Uh, wide receivers need separation. That's kind of yeah. gonna look for his reports. Farley, Tannehill, Burks. Those are kind of the popular names. Chig from Marv uh, from the Sticky Bandits. Bobby says Fulton. Eddie goes with Farley. Farley coming in there from Derek. Burks from Danny. Tannehill from Ramon. Burks. Burks from Karen and uh, Trevin. Uh, Farley from Thomas. 
What about you, Austin? Where are you at on this? You know, you could go with the DBs make sense, right? Because of what we just talked about. They have an opportunity to overtake the backups of the Bucks roster because the starters minus Julio are not really here. I'm going to go offensive line, though, because we talked yesterday of what's the most important part of the Titans offense besides Derrick Henry, and I said pass protection. I want to see both right tackles. Which one emerges? I highly doubt both Dylan Radins and Petit Frere have good days today. One of them is going to have a better day than the other. That's just how that works in joint practices. Which one of those two guys has the better day? Because I think whichever one it is, you're going to learn a lot more about the job. And I mentioned Dylan Radins not being a great pass protector. I have a feeling they're going to do over the next two days, one-on-one pass protection reps, uh, tackles offensive linemen versus the defensive lineman in front. So I want to see what Dylan Radins does. I'm going to have my eye on him highly because this job at right tackle, he should have it in his grasp, but it's he's been eating popcorns. His fingers are all slippery. He can't quite hold on to that right tackle job. I'm going with the biggest storyline this week because Tom Brady and all the other ones are out. It's Malik Willis. Because if Malik Willis performs very well in the next two days, he's going to get the start on Saturday night. If he doesn't, and Logan Woodside performs the next two days, I wouldn't be surprised if Woodside got equal opportunity and started against the Bucs. That's the storyline. That's the number one thing that I want to hear out of the next two days. Malik is going to now go against some other competition. How many times is he going to get picked off? How many times is, uh, you know, Logan Woodside going to get picked off? If any, that I've got to look forward to that because I think that impacts what Saturday is. No, I, I think that's a really good point. I mentioned that Monday in practice, I saw Malik working harder to stay in the pocket longer, to hang in there, to let something develop. So does he continue that track record of doing that? Can he keep, can he keep working on those things? And you see the, the gray line bus behind me. I think I have an idea of who's on that bus, right? Ahoy, matey. There's two of them, right? Oh, no, there's a lot more than two. <laughs> How yeah, many I was buses? about to say, two. They, they bring in more over, than two. Real quick, over under four and a half. What do you think? Over. Yeah, five. There are five buses coming in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of, that was an easy one. Oh, yeah. Here comes the last bus. So there's the, the ships the, are coming in. Ladies They're and gentlemen, coming the, into the, pillage. The Give Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gold. Yes, there you are. So there you go for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, all right. Yeah, hey, side, side topic Magic Buckets not until tomorrow. Give me your best pirate impression. Yar, matey. <laughs> Uh, that was okay. It wasn't great, but that was okay. Yeah. Spot well, on. That, like, on the spot, like, I'll give you there. Well, the Buccaneers are in town. That's exciting. They're here, and Tom Brady's not, though. So that kind of sucks. But anyway. Yeah, right. That is unfortunate. Let's wrap up this Wednesday. Well, before Shade, before Shade. Yes. Julio Jones. That's another guy to watch. We yep. have not talked about Julio in this segment. 85, weird number, right? Is yep. coming to town. No, he's he's, a, he's on one this. of those five buses right there. He's he's here. He's right yeah. back there. I was gonna say he's familiar with that training room behind you. That's right. Yeah, very familiar with it. All right, guys. Uh, it looks like the Bucks will probably get uh, ready for practice here in about twenty minutes. I'm sure they will warm up in the bubble and get uh, set for practice in the bubble right behind me there too. So uh, you might see some guys 
coming off the bus here in a second. But let's go ahead and get to throw in shade before we wrap up the show. My shade is on a certain portion of Titans fans uh, who are trying too hard when it comes to some of the Titans media coverage. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Uh, whenever you get hurt in life, you got to know who to go to, know who to trust. And that is the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin. Uh, I've trusted them with multiple injuries at this point. Zach's been there as well, too. So you should as well. Boneandjointtn.org. It is eSports. We are powered by BetMGM. That is BetMGM. Use that promo code right there, ATOZ Sports. That's ATOZ Sports. Major League Baseball, one-game parlay insurance. You get up to $25 back if your MLB one-game parlay of four legs falls one leg short. So, look, you do four-leg MLB parlay, you bet $25 on it, first one hits. The second one hits. The third one hits. But that fourth leg doesn't hit. You still get $25 back in free bets. That's BetMGM. That's another reason why you should download the app today in your Apple or Android store. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. They will hook you up, and they're a great uh, title sponsor here on the show. Let's get to shit. Uh, speaking of shade, <laughs> this is uh, something I just got. Apparently, Todd Bowles informed the media in Tampa Bay that Julio Jones and Mike Evans will not be practicing, but I saw a different report saying that Julio Jones will be at practice. So maybe conflicting reports there about Julio Jones. So we'll find out their definite shade on Julio Jones if he's not here practicing against the Titans. That would be uh, no bueno at all if Julio doesn't make it. So uh, yeah, I don't really know who to believe on that. So, well, let's – do you think he will practice? I mean, I, my odds are not in my favor if I say, yes, I think he'll practice, right? Right. I do not think he will practice. Oh, jeez. Julio watches – The Bucks, do, the Bucks do that stuff all the time. That's a little in, interior. Well, and Julio Bucks, does this stuff all the time. They don't care, right? So, like, they – they positioned their players the way they still have the Bruce Arians mindset. Right. I mean, even though he's not the, but he doesn't care. And so uh, I would be, I would doubt that Julio would practice. He may be there, but he may, he may not practice. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. All right. Shade. Um, but like, well, I could time, time out. Why wouldn't he, right? Like just because he's an old veteran, because he doesn't need the work. He doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah, he's healthy. Yes. He's the healthiest he's ever been, you know? For the second year in a row, and then he got hurt. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out there too. Uh, let's see. Jeff Rubel says, Shade on Notre Dame wanting to stay independent with NBC for a 60 million a year deal and leaving over 100 million on the table from the Big Ten. Look, Notre Dame's going to do what Notre Dame wants to do. Um, let's see. Jarrell says shade on whoever's still making jokes on Julio. It's lame now. Okay. Jarrell's tired of the, the Julio jokes. That's fair. I did see, uh, a shade, uh, from Lucas says his shade is dog is getting tumors. Well, we hope, um, hope everything turns out okay there, Lucas, because that's never fun or, or exciting or in always a lot of anxiety there too, with, with our, our pups and our pets there. So hope everything goes okay there, Lucas, uh, with your shade, uh, Zach, uh, my shade has to do with Titans practice coverage. 
And so there is a lot of Malik Willis hype and Malik Willis Twitter accounts that have now interacting with A to Z sports because Malik Willis is a storyline, right? And people like Malik Willis. I like Malik Willis, but you know, we got to understand what Malik Willis is. But then there's the Malik Willis analysis that people are trying to get too deep with it. Like, for example, you know, this tweet from Flameswire, who's a Liberty uh, account that follows um, Malik Willis around. He says, Tannehill bad passes equal PBUs, pass breakups. Malik Willis makes a bad throw, and it's Malik overthrows badly. I want to see a PBU from Malik Willis and incomplete passes just like weak Big 12 Tannehill. Well, what Flameswire doesn't seem to understand is that there's a massive difference in a overthrow and a pass breakup. A pass breakup, whenever we tweet about pass breakups in practice, we do so to give credit to, to the defensive player for making an actual play on the football. If the ball is incomplete, overthrown, or out of bounds, or inaccurate, there is no opportunity for the offensive player or the defensive player to make a play on the football. So if Malik Willis throws a pass that gets broken up by a defender, it will be tweeted, PBU by Greg Maben or Farley, or Fulton, or McCreary, or whoever. If Ryan Tannehill overshoots Racy McMath, then we will say he overthrew Racy McMath or a pass breakup by Farley. So people are trying to read too deep into the Malik Willis tweets. Like we're tweeting what we see with our eyes. I'm, I try to be as descriptive as possible in these tweets so you can get a picture of what it was. It's so stupid. A pass breakup and an incomplete pass are not the same thing all the time. Every pass breakup is an incomplete pass. But not every incomplete pass is a pass breakup. Like, do people not understand this? It's driving me insane. I'm just, Liberty's got a fan base. I, I figured that out. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's so, uh, like, mind-boggling that, like, how do you not understand this? Well, look, they, they just and want Blake says, Willis to do better. Right. But, like, stop. Like, they're picking apart every word about every tweet about Malik Willis. Like we're trying to just tell you what it is. Well, and the, the fact that he called a big 12 Tannehill, like he hadn't been yeah. in college. The dude's 30. Like he's 34. <laughs> he just turned 34 <laughs> two weeks ago. Like, look, I, you know, I like Ole Miss. I'm an alumni of Ole Miss, but like that was a long time ago. I, I'm, I'm not in college anymore. I, you know, I've got a business to run. So yeah. I, yeah. Again, like, if you're not here and you can't see the past, then then what then then what do you want me to do? Like I'm trying to be as descriptive as the Titans will allow. Take a us video. Take a yeah, video. Take, take, where's the video of the play? Where's the video guy? I hate me. I hate the video guy. All right, right. here's some shade. Uh, Sh uh, Sean says shade on his health. Uh, ended Ooh. up in the hospital for two days last weekend. Uh, missed all last week at work, struggling to get back to normal. So Sean, we wish you the best. Hopefully, uh, I know an avid viewer of this show. Uh, to get back to health. Let's see. Uh, Derek throwing shade on the Bucks for even showing up. Uh, Danny says throwing shade at some national media giving the Vols, who I'm a lifelong fan of. Okay, so full disclosure. Too much hype predicting a possible 10-2 and two record. These people can't handle that much hype. Danny, that's a good one. No, they I cannot. Roman Harper of the SEC Network, who I believe played at LSU, picked the Vols to go 10-2. and two. 
but they lose to LSU and Alabama. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Mark says shade on Tampa Bay and the NFL for not suspending Tom Brady and sweeping the entire story under the rug. Well, they didn't sweep the entire story under the rug. They, they, and I assume that what you're talking about is the Miami Dolphins. They punished them quite a bit. Yeah, you know? like he says, Tampa Bay. Like the Bucks weren't the ones tampering. The Dolphins were. The Bucks are the victim in this it situation. Tom, it should be Tomper. I don't even know how you do that. Tamper yeah. Tom. Yeah, it's the Dolphins that tampered. Yes. That's Tamper, why. Now, look, Tom Brady probably could have not engaged, but he wasn't the one, you know, players. Look, there he was, he was being tampered with. So yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of w- was there. Titans Kyle says, shade on my friend uh, that – Tan the Spartan ran, I guess the Spartan race with Kyle this weekend. Didn't train and is mad. I didn't wait and run with him. The race was for me to beat my best time. Yeah, I'm with you, Kyle. Yeah, you got to just go. Uh, Yep, just go. Stephen Harris shade on goes to Mad Dog's take on the top five college football programs of all time. Worst explanation of any ranking of anything I've ever seen. Stephen, I completely and utter agree but i do have shade on you for listening to mad dog that's what i was gonna say i i didn't hear this or see the list but like who do you Chris think mad number dog, one was i mean i notre dame yeah well i mean like he's a new he's a northern northeastern guy like he doesn't like know ohio football. state and michigan were and usc i don't even think he had an sec yeah, team in the top five no it's because he doesn't he his career is never college football and he, anyway, he right. did that. He did that on first take. Steven, stop watching first take. I'm not saying you were. It could have been a clip. But that's what the producers are telling him, right? They're telling him to do that to get, get you riled up. So, All right. Uh, uh, my producer in my ear is saying that I got to be at practice pretty quickly. So, Zach, what's your shade? So, so I, had, I was kind of going back on fourth on shade. But I will – I was going to do shade on why we were late this morning. I've, I've since, you know – uh, I've kind of gotten past that, so I'll save the, <laughs> the the fine folks from from that. I also was going to do shade on Lyft, which I could probably save for another week because they're not going to call me back. But I will throw shade. I will throw half shade. Here's my half shade. Here's half shade on myself. Mm. Incidental f bomb material earlier in the show, but did save myself. And replaced it with frack or freak, right? <laughs> so I will half shade. I don't. I will not condone full shade. I do not throw full shade on myself. Ah. But it was a half a shade. There's a I half counted. a shade. Half of my no, face you, is in the sun. The half of my face is shaded. See, the problem with the F word is it's one syllable, and it doesn't like you can't like. But half no, it. there was an ing there, and I did not complete the but, k on the first. Yeah, half but here's of. The, here's you know, the thing. The C here's, was there. The C yes, was there. That's all you gotta the, have. The, the K, no, the K was not there. <laughs> no, and then the ING, Zach, I stopped short. I stopped short. Zach, phonetically, F U C sounds the exact same if you add no, the K on that, it when there, you say there's it. There's a long U. There's no, U. No, U. Foo. Foo instead of. You added the C on it. Yeah, foo the, is different than the pho. But the C was there. 
The C was there. Everybody who watched it but knew no, the C was look, there. Look, Orlando, my man, Orlando is supporting me. And look, the chat went wild. I saw the bomb start oh, to go yeah. off. And oh, I was, yeah. again, I was ducking them. But I got out. I got half shade on myself uh -huh. for the food. Weak, weak. You said it. You said it. You had, you I had definitely this, didn't say it. That was not a completion. The C came out, which makes no. the same sound. No. Hey, look, Alex. Foo. No, no. Kung Fu. Yeah. Hiya. That it was Kung Fu. Yeah, Kung Fu King Henry is what you just basically said. All right. <laughs> we will wrap up on that note, and I will see you guys after practice. Sam and I will give a report of what we saw, and then I'll be right back here tomorrow morning, and we'll be on time. I guarantee that tomorrow morning for day two, a joint practice. So we'll see you guys later on. Have a good rest of your Wednesday. Foo!